Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Milmine and this is episode 57, Make It Fit, an interview with Amy Herzog. Yarn in the City creates experiential, yarn-centric events for knitters and makers designed to bring people together through a shared love of craft. Yarn in the City organises the Great London Yarn Crawl, taking place on Saturday the 5th of September 2015. For more information and to book your tickets, go to www.yarninthecity.com today. Hello everybody and welcome to the show. Today is... Tuesday the 28th of July. How are you all? I hope you're all well since last time I spoke to you. It feels like a long time. It's only been a week but it feels much longer, weirdly. And I'm not entirely sure why but I'm very glad to be back and chatting to you all again and hope that your knitting has been progressing nicely and that the recent cold snap again in the middle of July has... um giving you the opportunity to dig out a few of your hand knits and uh, accessorise a little bit. I hope those of you who went along to Fiverr East at the weekend had a good time. Thank you for everyone who's been putting pictures on Instagram so that I can have a look at all your purchases. I do love to do a little bit of um, purchase snooping. I like seeing what people have been buying and what they've been getting and what they've been knitting. So I've been enjoying Instagram, particularly for the last week. I do apologise if there's a slight bit of background noise in the intro for this episode. Uh, Most of the episode will be an interview and the background noise will be gone by then. Unfortunately, this person who appears to be strimming some grass or such like has been doing so for the last hour and a half. And I do want you to get your podcast today, so uh, I'm just going to crack on and hope that it isn't too much of a distraction for you. So what else have we got in the show today for you? Well, I have a few quick little notices to give you and then we're going to crack straight on into the interview and I was delighted to have the opportunity to interview Amy Herzog for the show. So grab yourself a brew and I will crack on with your quick notices and then we can have a chat to Amy. So first up is the UK Podcasters Awards. There are only three days left to nominate your favourite knitting podcast, which is of course the Shiny Bees podcast, um, for a UK Podcasters Award. If you haven't had chance so far, I know that it's a bit of a schlep to go and nominate someone, but I really, I truly appreciate you taking the time to do so. And thank you so much to people who've actually left a review as well. Um, it's really kind of you and I really do appreciate it and I know your time is very precious and um, it's really everyone that comes in I just can't believe you've left me reviewing it just makes me so happy it really does make me smile and I do appreciate it so if you have time there's only three days left if you could vote every day from now until Friday I would actually love you forever they will be announcing the finalists in mid-August and um, I promise I'll do something crazy and fun if I do get nominated for the finalists. Um, but it's very easy to do. You nip on over 
to the UK Podcasters website and you click the nominate button and you can nominate the podcast. I will put a link in the show notes so you can go straight from the show notes over there but also on my website www.shinybees.com in the top bar navigation there is a tab called UK Podcasters Awards and if you click on that and then click on the graphic it will take you straight to the right page. So if you could do that for me, I would really appreciate it because I'm dying to get knitting is not just for nanas into some kind of Oscars style acceptance speech. I promise I'll wear head to toe knitwear if you want for the awards ceremony if I win it. So get out there, ask your friends, ask your family, please vote. I would really appreciate it. Also in Knitty News, Fluff, my beloved Fluff, the best yarn shop in Dundee, uh, the Premier Yarnery has got a new website and I said I would let you all know about it. So if you've always wanted to go to Fluff but you're nowhere near Dundee and let's face it most of the world isn't and you don't happen to be passing but you would like to get in there and see what she's got to offer, if you head over to www.fluff.co.uk and that is F-L-U-P-H for Fluff um, you can have a look at all of her goodies. She's also been doing a few periscopes during the week from the inside of her yarn shop. So if you've ever wondered what it's like to be in there, you can find out if you follow her on Periscope. She is at Fluff Shop on Periscope. I've also been doing quite a few periscopes as well, including one where I nearly got killed by a bunch of seagulls. Well, not nearly killed. They were swooping. Possibly was going to get attacked. They were fighting over a piece of bread. Um... And I was busy showing everyone the lovely beach and then this it all started kicking off and a lot of people I think thought I had died. Um, but I didn't, I just ran and got in the car and drove off to the beach and there was no signal at the beach. Um, but Periscope, for those of you that don't know, is a online uh, live streaming app. It's owned by Twitter and you can go in there and watch people live uh, talking about all kinds of different stuff and you can put messages up and interact with them. I've been doing a few kind of tutorial type things for people that they've asked for. Uh, about how to make a content calendar and some time-saving things that I use to get more stuff done and uh, the replays are running up for 24 hours so you need to be kind of quick getting in there but I will be repurposing some of them to YouTube for you all just to help you guys out really I get a lot of the same questions asked about certain things and I, I like to help people like to teach people so um, if there's anything that you want to know about drop me a line and I will do you a little periscope as well and finally, the Golden Skein, the finest purveyor of hand-dyed yarn clubs in the entire world, I can say this because it's my yarn club, is um, currently running a giveaway and if you sign up to the mailing list, uh, there is a chance to win one of the Linea Folia, the only one left, um, is up for grabs. It will be given away to somebody who is on the mailing list. And to get yourself on there, I'll put a link in the show notes, but if you go to www.thegoldenskein.com, you'll get a little pop-up that will pop up onto your screen after about five seconds, put your email address in there and you will be automatically entered into the draw, which will take place on Saturday. So there's not a lot of time, um, but there is an opportunity if you're quick to get in there and enter to win uh, free yarns. It's, it's basically the value of £72, so... It's open worldwide, so get in there and um, we do send you a few emails. They're only about yarn and they're pretty few and far between. So um, get in there for a chance to win. And if you haven't seen episode, not episode, 
episode issue 87 of the knitter magazine which is out this month there is a beautiful three page spread in the knitter an article all about the golden skein and a picture of me in the knitter i feel so famous so um if you haven't got that check it out it's lovely uh, claire's written it claire divine and there's also some profiles of different dyers that we've worked with over the past two years so if you want to find out about some new dyers then that would be a good place to go as well so as I say, to enter the competition, all you need to do is join the mailing list and you can do that at www.thegoldenskin.com or if you go to Facebook and put in The Golden Skin, there's a pinned post that will take you directly to it. So I think we better crack on onto the interview. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one this time and um, I've had a few good ones recently. I, re I really have and I've been enjoying the interviews a lot. If you're wondering where the sock surgery has disappeared to for the time being, Claire's having a little blog break. She's got a lot of um, exciting projects on the go and we decided to give the sock surgery a little break until September because everyone's off on holidays um, and I was going to do a range of, um, I was going to have a holiday but then I decided I would miss it too much and I decided to do a range of interviews and Amy Herzog is the latest in this series of interviews. And this is tying into the project that Louise Scully and I are undertaking to help people to make clothes that fit, make it fit 2015. And this is sort of kicking off some of the things that we're going to be talking about. And um, for those of you that don't know, Amy Herzog is a Boston-based knitwear designer and author of the book Knit to Flatter, as well as um, the creator of the popular fit to flatter tutorials. She teaches classes on creating sweaters that perfectly fit and flatter your figure all around the United States and is passionate about ensuring all of us love to wear our hand knits. So we were straight in there to her asking if she'd love to come and have a chat with us on the show. Her patterns have been featured in the Twist Collective, Knit Scene and the book Knitting It Old School. You can also find her self-published designs on her website, amyherzogdesigns.com. Uh, Amy was an absolute delight to interview. She was really good fun. One of those people that you feel straight away that you can kind of banter. You know, you just get a level with people sometimes and you feel like you can start cracking jokes straight away. Um, she was definitely like that. She was very good fun to chat to. Um, very positive and uplifting and knowledgeable and definitely, definitely passionate about helping people make knitwear that fits. There's some really exciting um, features coming up on from her offering, from her custom fit um, team that she'll tell you about in the interview and we've got a great giveaway at the end. So get yourself comfy, get your knitting out. I'd recommend something chunky because it's pretty cold in Scotland today and we'll crack on with the interview. This episode is sponsored by Yarn in the City. Yarn in the City organises the annual Great London Yarn Crawl, which is taking place this year on Saturday the 5th of September. This year's Yarn Crawl will also feature the addition of a one-day pop-up marketplace taking place at Chelsea Old Town Hall and featuring over 30 vendors from London and around the UK. To top off the weekend, on Sunday the 6th of September 2015, Yarn in the City will be hosting author, pattern designer and technical editor 
Kate Atherley for two workshops in central London. Introduction to knitwear design and pattern writing skills. For more information and to book your tickets to these events, head over to www.yarninthecity.com. So um, I'm delighted to welcome Amy Herzog onto the show today. Amy is uh, the lady behind Custom Fit and the, the pattern system for making sweaters that fit everyone the way you want them to. So obviously as part of Make It Fit, we desperately wanted to chat to Amy and get her view on things. So welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for making time in your diary. I know you've been very busy traveling for the last few weeks. Oh, it's nice to be home. <laughs> There's nothing nothing better than your own bed sometimes, I think. It's true, I agree. Lovely. So can you tell us a little bit about you as a person then, and also about how you came to be interested in Yarny Pursuits? Um, I think those two things are probably tied together for most of us in this field. Um, <laughs> as a person, I am a fidgeter. Uh, I have a trouble sitting still. I am not really good at still or doing nothing or just one thing. And um, so I learned to knit when I was a kid, um, very young. I've been knitting for as long as I, or I've known how to knit for as long as I can remember. And the um, the story is that I would sort of drive my mother crazy, especially when, you know, in the winter, it wasn't nice enough to go outside. I grew up in Maine, which is quite cold. And the the story is that I was driving her nuts and my grandmother said, you need to get some needles in her hands so that she will sit still. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how did you go then from being this little child that can't sit still with needles in her hand to an adult who still can't sit still with needles in her hand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty smooth transition, really. <laughs> <laughs> but how did that turn um, into more of a business for you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I stopped knitting when I was a teenager because I thought I was just tremendously cool and far too awesome to, <laughs> to do any handcrafts. So not just knitting, right? When I was a kid, I learned how to knit and crochet and sew both quilting and garment and um, embroider. And I, I've sort of done all of it. Um, and I stopped doing all of that when uh, I was a teenager. And then I picked it back up again as an adult after college. Um, and really at that time, you know, this was in the uh, very early, like the late 90s, early aughts, and knitting was having this glorious little renaissance where all of a sudden, you know, there were yarns available that hadn't been available before, or maybe they always had been and I had never known about them. But, you know, I found a local yarn shop near the, the place where I worked and they had Rowan magazines and yarns and I was just like smitten. I, I loved the garments that they showed and I wanted to make them for myself and so really when I picked knitting back up as a as an adult I was very focused on sweaters you know I still live in New England and I it's reasonably chilly here and so sweaters are kind of a year-round thing and uh, I, I wanted those pictures that I saw and so that's sort of where I started um, and I was not doing anything fiber related as a business until pretty recently um, so knitting was my hobby, I worked in computer security, actually. And, you know, the knitting sort of eventually grew out of its, <laughs> out of its little hobby status into what I do full time now. Oh, exciting. What did your former colleagues think about you leaving sort of a very unrelated field, I guess, for most people, um, <laughs> to go into knitting full time? 
Well, um, they had known sort of this dual life for a while. So I was working um, in computer security when I got the, um, let's see, when I started writing the blog series that led to the first book, Knit to Flatter, about making your sweaters fit you. Um, and, and not just fit you, but make them something that you really like to wear visually, that you like the way you look in. Um, and so they knew that I was writing a book and they thought it was kind of cute. And they knew that I went away sometimes on weekends teaching and they thought that that was interesting. But um, it was, they're very separate, right? The tech world and the creative world are pretty separate. So it was just like someone else would might say they play golf on the weekends or they do ultimate frisbee and I knitted. Um, <laughs> and then when I started designing, the tech came into it because I wrote a, um, my, my husband and I together wrote a piece of software that would generate the text for my knitting patterns. So, you know, I can put in a target set of garment measurements and then I get a pattern in 12 sizes. And the, that was kind of a cool project to my colleagues, right? But it's kind of neat that you would use technology in this very unrelated, seemingly unconnected field. And from there, we sort of got the idea for custom fit. And by the time, by the time we were considering launching custom fit, I was like on my second book and I was teaching most weekends. And it was really clear that I couldn't continue to do two more than full-time jobs so that one of them sort of had to go. And uh, I think that in the tech industry, more than other industries, leaving a more established career to try a new idea is, is kind of a thing people do. I, <laughs> um, most people have worked at a startup at one time or another, so I don't think it was super strange to them. I mean, the topic was maybe a little weird, but... <laughs> well, that sounds really exciting. Um, so, obviously, you moved from your previous job into working for yourself yes so what does a typical day look like for you I feel like I think this is such an interesting question I feel like I now have four or five typical days um there's the one where the, like there are the days when I'm traveling which is you wake up at six you're in the classroom by 8 30 you're in the classroom until 5 30 you you know like lather rinse repeat where you're teaching all day um and those are i'm such an extrovert those are glorious days i love them um i love meeting 50 new best friends and spending the day talking sweaters with them um so that's definitely one typical day i think more often when i'm here the day is sort of split between um kind of a shocking amount of computer work, really. I think that when I left the tech industry to do a knitting job, and even a tech knitting startup, I, if that phrase even makes sense, um, I thought I would be doing a lot more knitting than I do. <laughs> Most days I'm sort of in front of the computer for, you know, six hours or so, answering email and doing some, you know, work on the site or, I don't know, writing up patterns or communicating with people about the designs that I have out or something like that. And then I spend another few hours um, knitting in the in the afternoons and evenings. There are there are few days that are just knitting, but I too try to squeak them in every now and again because they're so important to my sanity. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone thinks that you sort of Lays around, not you personally, I'll just put that over yeah. there. Um, the knitting designer sort of lays around on, on a hammock or a chaise long, depending on, you know, what kind of, of mood you're in and just knit all day. Yeah. 
Most people don't, but apparently Stephen West does. <laughs> he does knit all day. <laughs> it's well, it's certainly not what my day looks like. And in fact, and then so to you know to keep um, a, a steadiness and level of income that's even remotely feasible. Like you can't knit all of the sweaters you design, right? You you can't knit all of your designs. It doesn't. The financials don't work out that way. So. Right. So you wind up having to make many more designs than you can actually, than your fingers can produce. So the days when you do um, sort of spend all day knitting, for me at least, are much more likely to be like this series of, you know, seven to 12 swatches <laughs> where you're, you're creating the materials you need to create the design and then someone else's fingers will actually make that sweater. I knit probably... Um, I would say between 20 and 30 full sweaters in a year, uh, in a typical year. But then there are, you know, always between five and a dozen more that sample knitters are knitting. So, so yeah, even a typical knitting day isn't what I imagined it would be before I left tech uh, or before I left my, my old job for this one. But they're great days. I love swatching. It's so exciting. Um, and it really like concentrates the creative part of the process, I think, in a lovely way. But it's definitely different than I imagined. <laughs> so can you tell us about your creative process then when you come to develop a new design and you're getting all your swatches together and you're working on that very concentrated little canvas? Yeah. Um, it's changed recently in an interesting way. Well, in a way I find interesting. I don't know. Um, so I used to get my inspiration by watching people. I really like, I'm, I'm such a practical person that I like watching the way people interact with their clothing and things that go right and things that go wrong and coming up with designs that will, that will really practically work in day-to-day -day life. Um, and that used to be sort of the foundation of my process. And that's still there, but since we released Custom Fit, um, and I now the design process is different because I can't just imagine one sweater and what it will look like in this one yarn. I have to think about design as something that will work no matter what the gauge of the yarn is from lace weight all the way up to bulky because that's what you can do with custom fit. Of course, you can put in your own gauge for any of the designs built into the site. So you get that design in the gauge that's appropriate to your yarn. And sometimes that just means that, you know, maybe you're using the same yarn and you're getting a slightly different row gauge or something. But sometimes that means people are using yarns of vastly different weights. And so that has put a new lens on the design process that's really fun to explore. Like, okay, here's what this will look like in this yarn that I've chosen. Now, sanity check, what's that going to look like if it's worked at a bulky? Or if I started with a bulky, what's that going to look like when someone's using sport weight? It sounds really interesting. But the possibilities are almost endless there, aren't they? Yeah, it's been really fun. I, and, you know, I think that there have been ups and downs in the designs that... Um, you know, that I've tried to make for the site. Some of them have not seen the light of day because I'll, you know, I'll get through uh, my swatching process and be really excited and I'll build it in and I'll, you know, I, I, I sort of test out the designs before I start actually knitting them. So I'll generate them at a bunch of different gauges just to see what the instructions look like. And um, I'll, I'll be like, whoa, okay, never mind. That one will have to go to a magazine or something because that's not going to work here. <laughs> Oh, awesome. So talking of ups and downs then, can you think about a time where maybe things didn't quite go to plan 
what happened and what did you learn as a result of it? <laughs> I loved this question, by the way. <laughs> we don't like to be all too, you know, you've got to be real, haven't you? It's never perfect. Laws of stuff goes wrong. And I think people like it when they hear about when things go wrong. I know. It's it's so true. It's so true. I think the the example of this, I think anyone who's running a small business probably has 17 answers to this question the second that they read it, right? But the one that really came to the forefront of my mind was when we launched the maker subscription programs to custom fit. So when I was designing custom fit, it was really, really, really important to me to keep everything economical. Like I don't want the fact that you know, a knitter isn't shaped exactly the same way as Miss Average to mean that she can't get sweaters that fit, right? It shouldn't, that's not, I want to prevent that from happening. And as we were working on, like, just how we would roll custom fit out, practically business speaking wise, I wanted to keep it super inexpensive. So we decided to price it by the pattern. So setting up an account, a basic account is free and storing measurements and gauge information is free. And then when you actually generate the pattern, it's $10 or $12.50, depending. Because then if someone only knits a sweater a year, they're doing it for, you know, $10 or $12.50. Um, and then after we released Custom Fit, there were people who were using it to make a lot of sweaters. So we had people write us, you know, nine months after the site launched and they would say things like, oh, I'm on my 10th sweater. And I thought to myself, that's not economical at all. <laughs> um, and so we came up with this idea of subscriptions. What, what if you could pay a monthly fee and then you get some amount of sweaters? And the, I know that's like a super long way around, but the thing that failed was that I thought to myself, oh, we will, we can't just give them discounted patterns like we have to give them more we have to you know people will want I don't know a, um, a gathering place or extra support and articles and so we came up with this plan that had all this other stuff in it and that was a failure that's not like people just wanted patterns at a discount because they were doing so many of them and so um what happened was that people said, knitters said, oh, I, I thought the patterns would be less expensive, a more less expensive this way, if that makes sense, than they are. And what happened was that we just changed the way that the subscription programs work. Um, so I think the nice thing about being a tiny company is that when you see that you've done wrong, you can change things. And so we sort of said, okay, our bad, if that's if that's what people are interested in, here's the new pricing tiers. You know, you get one level where it's really aimed at someone who knits a lot of sweaters, where for um, $5 a month, you get eight over the course of the year. And then we came up with another level that was not just for people who knit a lot of sweaters, but for people who like to change their mind a lot. So they don't knit a lot of sweaters, but they do want to generate a lot of patterns. And so that's an $8 a month unlimited so that you can decide sort of, you can generate a pattern and get going. And then if you decide you want to change it to a V-neck later, you can do that without any additional cost. Oh, that sounds awesome. Such a time suck though. Can you not, would you not just be sat there going, oh no, I've changed my mind already. I'll, I'll, I'll want, I want a different neck. Oh, let's just have a look at that. Oh, I can see, I can totally see. 
that's why yeah. I disagree with that one. <laughs> it's funny. It's how I use it, you know. It, when when I go through ideas, I generate a bunch of patterns and look and see the differences. And, oh, I wonder how this would work with belled sleeves or, you know. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, definitely. A lot of entertainment for $8 a month. <laughs> <laughs> a very specific kind of entertainment. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So taking it from that then and things that, that went maybe not to plan, but you learned from it. What's been the high point of your journey as a knitting entrepreneur so far? Uh, I I don't know if this is lame to say, but I think the fact that I'm still here is the high point. You know, anytime you launch something new, those first couple of years are, it doesn't matter how good you think your idea is, there's no guarantee you're going to make it. <laughs> And, you know, knock on wood, right? You don't want to say that things are golden. Things are certainly still very young and new and hard and not, you know, where maybe we'd hoped they'd be, but it's still here. And that feels awesome. I love working on this job. I love doing this job. I'm so glad that I still get to. So taking it out there now, which one thing that you know now did you wish you had known when you first picked up a ball of yarn? <laughs> Um, I, I feel like I have uh, two answers to that. Like there's the business answer, which is really listen to your intuition. I, like I wish someone had said that to me. Like that little voice is often right. And even when they're not right, they have a pretty good point that you should listen to. And so listen to it. Um, but the the sort of personal knitter answer is that I wish I'd understood when I started out the different paths people have taken to become knitters. So I, I have to cop to being a, um, kind of unthoughtful about my own craft backgrounds, right? I learned all this stuff from grandmothers and aunts and multiple people all around me for my entire childhood. And I think that I didn't realize until really just a few years ago <laughs> that wasn't everyone's experience. That sounds so stupid when I say it out loud. <laughs> but, you know, I sort of thought that everyone knew sort of basically what I knew. And we all had the same path getting here. Um, and I, I wish that I had realized that that wasn't true because it would have changed the way I talked about things, changed the order in which I talked about things and did things. I definitely agree with you on the old, um, if, if you get an idea or if you get that little voice saying this is a bad idea, listen to it listen to it listen yeah it's never wrong it's really never wrong that voice <laughs> so imagining then we're going to go from from there to a desert island <laughs> if you were going to be marooned on a desert island and you could only take one ball or skein of yarn what would you take and why oh i I dread questions like these. I'm, I feel like someone who has like the yarn is all of my pets and my friends and I can't possibly choose between them. Say that I like one more than the other. I, um, so I'll give you the sort of practical person answer, which is that I would take a, one of those mega hanks of the kitchen cotton, the dishcloth cotton, because that stuff is indestructible and you could use it to make a fishing net and you could use it to make, like you just do anything that you might need to do on a desert island with that kitchen cotton. But of course it's terrible to knit with. <laughs> so if we're talking about just to knit with, I think that I would probably have to take 
a wool silk blend. And I'm not sure I could choose between all of the wool silk blends that I love. <laughs> Maybe right now, since it's the summertime here, I would choose um, Harrisville Designs wool silk blend, which is like a nubby, um, almost tweedy, lightweight wool silk that's very nice. But that answer will change next week. <laughs> well, obviously, it's and it is positive, isn't it? To change your mind about yarn. That's the whole point. Um, do you think you could make a hammock out of the kitchen cotton? I feel like maybe you could out of out of any yarn like that. It has a pretty good shot. Cool. So then you could make your hammock and then knit in it all day. It'd be amazing. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> it's a new knitting tour. We've come up with an idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just we'll we will we'll just dump all the knits on a desert island with a load of kitchen cotton and see what happens. <laughs> be great. See, uh, you can have that one for free, Amy, if you want to if you want to film that. <laughs> There's that, there's that little voice. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad idea, Amy. <laughs> oh, so taking it back to sensible, but not too sensible because we like a bit of a laugh on the podcast. What's your favourite or go-to resource for yarn craft or business that you couldn't do without? I'm sure everyone says this, but uh, Ravelry is something that I just couldn't live without. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't even count the number of times a day that I look up an information about a yarn or I try to see, I don't know, some gauge information. Like I even use it to look up my own old patterns to, to answer questions. I, it's incredible. It's incredible. Ravelry is certainly a popular one. So where can the listeners find you then on the internet? Um, so probably the best place, um, is my blog, which is amyherzogdesigns.com. And there are, um, obviously there's an RSS feed if you want to track it and whatever you use to read sites online, but there's also a, a way to subscribe to the blog posts by email there. Um, and I'm on Instagram, both under our sort of company name that um, Lauren, our community manager runs, which is Make, Wear, Love, but I'm also there as myself, as I think. This is embarrassing, uh, Amy Herzog or Amy L. Herzog. Um, and so we use that and Facebook and Twitter and, and so forth too. But the blog is really where news comes comes up. Um, and then, of course, there's the custom fit site, which is makewearlove.com. Brilliant. I will put links to all of that in the show notes for you as well. Thank you. Um, just to make it easy, you know, for everyone yeah. to go and make their own beautifully fitting patterns and change them 50 million times before they actually cast on That's exactly me. totally me <laughs> do you have any parting words for those people who are maybe thinking about getting into the industry and would like to do so um i love this question um i think that the flip answer is think twice um just because it's a it's a difficult industry to make a living in um but the not flip answer is to think carefully about how you want to relate to the rest of the industry. It's really easy to think um, about, you know, if you're a designer, what kinds of designs you want to do, or if you're a yarny, what kinds of yarn you want to make. But I think that the, the best piece of advice I could give someone coming into the industry is to think carefully about where they want to fit in um, with the other people doing both yarn and designs and everything else that 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 creates this this industry that we're 
we're in. Think about how you want to connect to the rest of it so that you know how to make the connections and relationships that make us all stronger together. That's a really good answer. I like that one. Um, so let's get excited. Let, let's get everybody really excited. What's next for you and your business? Um, well, I am working on my third book. <laughs> um, so I don't, but that's not next because publishing takes such a long time, right? Really what's next is that we are greatly expanding what Custom Fit can do this summer, which is really, really exciting to me. So um, I, I sort of started with the most interesting, challenging problem in sweater fitting, which is the waist and bust shaped women's sort of fitted tailored garment. Um, like let's, let's turn the complicated dial all the way up to 11 and <laughs> we can get a sweater that fits well for any person's body measurements. Um, but there are a billion other kinds of sweaters that we like to knit for a billion other kinds of people. And that's what we're starting on this summer. So sometime this fall we will launch, um, we're calling them different sweater shapes. So not only will you be able to get an hourglass sweater, but you'll be able to get a sweater that's straight with no shaping from cast on to bust. You'll be able to get a tapered sweater where the cast on is smaller than the chest um, circumference and an A-line sweater where the cast on is larger than the chest circumference and that they'll work both for um, adult women, in terms of ease, the, the sort of fit that's built into the site, they'll work for not only adult women, but for men and for children too. And I am so excited about that. That, that could, could be, that could be terrible for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, how, how are you going to knit for all of them as well? I want to be knitting all of the sweaters that fit me. And, and now I can knit them for my kids and my enormous husband as well. <laughs> Well, you know, I, the kids anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, while they're still small, he's he's enormous. He's like six foot four, so I really don't want to be knitting him anything, frankly. So long, right? Yeah, the socks are bad enough, um, but yeah, not a sweater as well. Of course, you could use thicker yarn, so I suppose. Yeah, I could. Socks. Yeah, I, I have, like, full, like, disclosure, I have, I have not knit a sweater for my husband, so... But I hear people do. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that too. But then I looked up four-ply jumpers for men on Ravelry. The, there aren't many. Yeah. Funny old thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what's next. Oh, cool. It sounds really exciting and something that would really build nicely upon um, what's already offered over at Custom Fit. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So have you got... Um, as a quick kind of throw in there at the end, um, have you got uh, sort of three top tips for making clothes that fit, but are make it fit people? Yeah. Um, so I think the first tip that I start with everyone that I work with in class or wherever is that any garment has to fit you properly in the shoulders. Um, so start by choosing a size where the shoulder related measurements work for you. So if it's a set in sleeve, the cross chest and the armhole depth, um, if it's the yoke, that's like the circumference all around your, your arms and the top of your chest. Um, or so whatever those shoulder measurements are, start by choosing a size where those work and hand knit is such a forgiving 
fabric medium. You know, it's so kind fit wise that if you can do that one shoulder fitting thing, <laughs> you're 90% of the way there. Um, so that's tip one. Um, tip two is don't lie to yourself about your gauge. <laughs> <laughs> So I think <laughs> we all say this, right? I think my my spin on this is that your job when you swatch is not to match a particular gauge number. That's way less important than trying to predict what your gauge will be when you sit down at the end of the day and knit on that sweater. So you can try to change your knitting technique to make the stitches be a certain size, and that might work well enough over a project the scale of mittens or something. But that's, there's just no way that is going to work when you have sweater pieces. They're too big. There are too many stitches. So instead, when you swatch, try to knit normally without thinking about it, because that's how you're going to knit the sweater. And you can do all kinds of machinations around adjusting for a gauge that isn't quite quote right um but there's no way to recover from not knowing what your gauge will be so try to make your swatch predictive of what your stitches will be um and the the third tip is really not to get too stressed out about it. I think that's where many of us go off the rails in sweater knitting. We worry about making it perfect. And that's not, like the hand knit sweater isn't, it's not really a medium for perfection, right? This isn't a tailored button down shirt out of woven fabric where there's just no room for error. Hand knit sweaters, they're not leotards, they're, they're sweaters. Um, and they're made out of such a forgiving fabric that really don't don't get hung up on perfect. Good enough is really good enough for sweaters, especially the first few times. That's really, that's a really good point. Thank you. They're all all three of them are really good points. It depends, you know, if your gauge is a little bit tight. If you are a bit stressed, it might turn out like a leotard. Um, especially if you've been lying about your gauge. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Amy, for agreeing Thank to come onto the show. Thank you, Joe. So, Amy, you're very kindly, um, as well as giving us all your time and some top tips for uh, sweaters there at the end, you very kindly also offered to sponsor a giveaway for the podcast. Yes, we'd love to give away a free month of that Maker Plus level that we discussed, where you can sort of generate as many patterns as you want. That sounds amazing. Bro. I hope it's it's fun. <laughs> it is. It, it, I, I'm, that's it. I'm already signed up. No, that's it. I'm I'm going off straight after this. I want to have a play with them um, <laughs> with that already. So um, what we'll do for that then is we'll have, as we always do, a giveaway thread in the Ravelry group, and you can head on over there and enter for a chance to win a free month of custom fit. Amazing. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for that, Amy. And thank you very much for um, offering to sponsor a giveaway as well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, no worries. Thanks. Well, wasn't she fun? She, I thought she was a really great laugh. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Amy and hearing some of her top tips for making things that fit. The new custom fit 
upgrade sounds like it's going to be really good so if you haven't already been over there to check it out um i highly recommend you do so i know louise has been looking at it as well and i'm sure she'll have some thoughts for you um when we dive into the make it fit content proper so i'm afraid that is all we've got time for this week but thank you very very much for listening i truly appreciate you tuning in every week and spending uh good 45 minutes of your time with me and other special guests if you do have time to um just to remind you at the end to pop over to the website and vote for the shiny bees podcast in the uk podcasters awards i would be really really grateful and i will be back again next week with another another exciting guest brenda dane of cast on fame so Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a lovely week. Happy crafting. Keep warm, my friends. And I will speak to you all again soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. A podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog. Or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided via Music Alley and it is Adam and the Walter Boys and I Need a Drink. I need a drink.